2: There's a ring of truth that is And knowing that you cannot find them all. And if you listen carefully, and sometimes even if you don't, you can hear
0: that sound. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word.
1: Jesus says, I have trodden the winepress alone. Jesus is the only judge. You know, it describes the armies of heaven coming back with him, which would be the believers. But it's Jesus who's doing the judging. He alone is the judge. You know, one of the things that we see here is that he alone atones for our sins He's the only one that atones for our sins through his death on the cross. He's the only one that has died in our place. And here we also see that he alone will judge the world.
0: Pastor Dan talks today about God's unfailing love for his children. Have you ever judged somebody off a first impression only to be proved wrong once you've got to know them? Aren't you glad you're not in charge of judging the world? we don't have the knowledge or the grace required to do so. We can praise God that we have a Father who is all-knowing and full of kindness and endless grace. Be thankful that the weight of judgment lies on God's shoulders, along with so many other things, and not yours. And now open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 63, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Isaiah 63, Well, go back into chapter 62, verse 11, just to get the context going into chapter 63. Chapter 62 ends with this prophecy. In verse 11, indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, Jerusalem, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, notice his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, Yahweh, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken, speaking of Jerusalem. And here he says to Zion, he says to Jerusalem, your salvation is coming, and Israel's salvation is a person. Do you see that? His reward is with him. His reward is with him. Israel's salvation is a person. Speaking of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so chapter 62 ends with this promise that the Messiah will come, bringing salvation to Israel and the Jewish people. And of course, this is looking ahead down to the end of the age, to the end of the tribulation period, when Jesus Christ returns to the earth to establish his kingdom on the earth, he returns in part to rescue the Jewish people from the Antichrist and from the persecution they will be facing in the end times. If you remember the chronology of the end times events, we, we talked a lot about that over the past year or so. In, in the chronology of end times events, the next event to happen will be the rapture of the church, when Jesus descends and he takes the church from the earth up to heaven to be with him, uh, that's described in First Thessalonians 4 for us. And the Bible teaches that that is imminent, that Christ could come at any moment for his church. He could come tonight for his church and take us up to heaven. Wouldn't that be great to finish the Bible study and say amen and then we're out of here? Or even before the Bible study finishes, that would be good too. Uh, But then after the rapture happens, then there will be the tribulation. And the tribulation is the seven-year period when God pours out his wrath and his judgment upon this ungodly world, this Christ-rejecting world. And if you remember from our Revelation study on Sunday mornings, God will send his judgment in a series of judgments. Uh, Remember, there were the seven seal judgments And the seven trumpet judgments and the seven bold judgments over the course of the seven-year period of the tribulation. Also during the tribulation period, there will be a, a world leader that will rise to power that the Bible calls the Antichrist. And everybody will on the earth at that time. Most people will put their hope in this Antichrist. The Antichrist will persecute the Jewish people during the tribulation period. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble, the time of Israel's trouble. And because of the persecution from the Antichrist, uh, we're told that the Jewish people will flee from Jerusalem and flee from Judea, and they will flee to the mountains. And it's believed they're going to flee to the mountains of Edom, which we're going to talk about more, the mountains of Jordan. Just as a a cross-reference for you, Matthew 24 Uh, Matthew 24, Jesus is giving the Olivet Discourse, his second longest teaching. And in the Olivet Discourse, he's describing to the disciples uh, what will be taking place on the earth just before his return and leading up to his return to the earth. And remember in Matthew 24, he says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, in the holy of holies, in the temple. Whoever reads, let him understand. You know, the the Antichrist is going to set up a statue, an idol, in the holy place, in the temple, in Jerusalem. He's going to declare himself to be God and demand that he be worshipped as God. And Jesus says, when you see this happen, he says, run for your lives. Then let those who are in Judea... Flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant, because that's going to slow you down. And to those who are nursing babies in those days, because that's going to slow you down. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter, because there might be snow. Or on the Sabbath, because everything's going to be closed on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world, until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. And so the Jewish people during the tribulation period, they're going to flee from Jerusalem. They're going to flee to the mountains, probably the mountains of Edom and modern-day Jordan. Uh, And so the population of the Jewish people during the tribulation period, it's not going to be centered in Jerusalem. It's going to be centered in Edom. It's going to be centered in Jordan. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. And then at the end of the tribulation period, at the end of that seven-year tribulation period, we're told in Revelation the Antichrist will gather all the armies of the world together to attack Israel, to attack the Jewish people, He gathers them at a place called Armageddon. Har Megiddo, the hill of Megiddo, which is in northern Israel. They're going to gather together in the Jezreel Valley. And under the the leadership of the Antichrist, all of these armies will attack Israel in, in what's called the Battle of Armageddon or the Campaign of Armageddon. And that battle will stretch from Megiddo in the north all the way down into Edom in the south. In modern day Jordan with Jerusalem will be right about the middle of that. And that that's a distance of about 200 miles from north to south. It's going to be about 100 miles from east to west. It's going to fill the land of Israel. Remember in Revelation, it talks about the blood up to the bridle of the horses. Remember that? It's going to be so deep, the blood from the series of battles that will take place known as Armageddon and it's when the Antichrist comes against the Jewish people and against Israel in Armageddon that Jesus Christ will then return to the earth to save the Jewish people and fulfill the promise that is here in chapter 62, verse 11, that surely your salvation is coming. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, will come to save Zion and to save the Jewish people. Uh, you know, there's nothing more clearly stated in the Bible than that Jesus will come again to the earth. Uh, the Bible teaches that Jesus will physically, literally, and visibly return to the earth. Uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ is referred to 1,845 times in the Bible. Uh, it's mentioned in 23 of the 27 New Testament books. There are 260 chapters in the New Testament and there are 318 references to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Jesus himself referred to his second coming 21 times in the Gospels. Uh, so the second coming of Jesus will be the climax of human history. And so that brings us now to, to chapter 63. So the chapter 62 ends with this promise to Zion, to Israel, the Jewish people, that your salvation is coming. The Messiah will come and save you and rescue you. And now going into chapter 63, the prophet Isaiah, he sees Christ's return. He sees Christ's return to save the Jewish people. And it's interesting here, the kind of the geography of the return of Christ He sees Christ coming to Israel from Basra, from Edom. I think a lot of times when we think about the return of Christ, we think he's going to return back to Jerusalem. But really, as you read the scriptures, he returns to Basra in Edom, because that's where the Jewish people will be. And there he's going to go to war with the Antichrist and his armies and after defeating them at Basra and rescuing the Jewish people, then he goes up to Jerusalem. And he, then he stands on the Mount of Olives in victory. But he goes to Basra first, the place where the Jewish people will find refuge during the tribulation period. And I have a, I have a couple maps for you, because I'm sure some of you probably don't know where Basra is. <laughs> Uh, You can see Jerusalem up there just to the northwest of uh, the Dead Sea, and you see Basra down here in Edom. Again, that's modern-day Jordan. You can see the Sea of Galilee in the north. You can see Megiddo kind of in the the northwest there near Jezreel. Uh, So that's where the armies are going to gather up in Megiddo. They're going to march down and destroy Jerusalem, and then they're going to head down to Basra because that's where Many Jewish people will seek refuge down in Basra, which is uh, Petra is also located down in that same area. And when Jesus Christ returns, He's going to return first to Basra to rescue the Jewish people.
0: Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs.
1: Do you need prayer today? every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners if you need prayer for anything at all we would like to pray for you right now you can share your prayer requests with us through our website calvaryec.com again that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592 and can i ask you to pray for us as well Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the word of God to those who need it.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
1: Uh, so when Jesus returns, he returns first to Basra, as we're going to see in our passage. He defeats the Antichrist. He rescues the Jewish people, and then he heads up to Jerusalem, and then he ascends the Bound of Olives. In, in Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 3, it says, Then the Lord, Jehovah, will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle, and in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. So he goes to battle first, then he stands on the Mount of Olives in victory. So, Look at verse 1, and if you're really confused, it'll hopefully clear up once we start reading. Who is this who comes from Edom, with dyed garments from Basra, this one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength? Uh, Isaiah, as he writes this, he paints this picture of a watchman on the wall of a city in Judah, maybe the city of Jerusalem, looking southeast towards Edom, and he sees this uh, warrior coming out of Edom, coming in victory, this deliverer that we know is Jesus Christ, and he says he's coming from Edom, and he's coming from Basra, and he's heading up to Jerusalem. Isaiah 34, verses 1 to 7, it says, Come near you nations to hear and heed you people. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all things that come forth from it for the indignation of the Lord against all nations and his fury against all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to the slaughter. Also, the slain shall be thrown out. Their stench shall rise up from their corpses All the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heaven shall be rolled up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls from the vine, as a fruit falling from a fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Indeed, it shall come down on Edom and on the people of my curse for judgment. And he goes on there and he says, the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra, down in Edom. And so he comes first to Basra. That's where the battle takes place. Another verse for you, uh, Micah, chapter 2, verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like a sheep of the fold. The word there, the Hebrew word is Basra. Uh, The word Basra means the sheepfold. Like a flock in the midst of a pasture, they shall make a loud noise because of so many people. And so there again, it's talking about uh, the sheepfold, Basra, where he will gather his people, the children of Israel. Now look at verse one again and notice his garments are dyed from Basra. He's dressed in glorious apparel. He's traveling in the greatness of his strength. And Isaiah, the prophet, asks this question, who is this who's coming out of Edom, dressed in these glorious garments, traveling in the greatness of his strength? Who is this? And the Lord answers, the Lord replies, I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. And that, of course, is Jesus Christ, the one who speaks in righteousness, the one who is mighty to save. Then the prophet asks a second question in verse 2. Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? And the Lord answers his question in verse 3. I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me, for I have trodden them in my anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments, and I have stained all all my robes his garments are stained with the blood of the nations that he judges and destroys in armageddon it's dyed red in revelation 19 we have a very similar description of jesus when he returns from heaven revelation 19:11 now i saw heaven opened and behold a white horse horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Very similar description to what we have here in Isaiah 63, the the robe dipped in blood and treading the winepress of the wrath of of God. And, and verse 2 Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? And here the, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's speaking to the Messiah, Jesus. And Jesus says, I have trodden the winepress alone. And from the peoples no one was with me, for I have trodden them in my anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments, and I have stained all my robes. And so you see here, Jesus says, I have trodden the winepress alone. Jesus is the only judge. You know, it describes the armies of heaven coming back with him, which would be the believers, but it's Jesus who's doing the judging. He alone is the judge. You know, one of the things that we see here is that he alone atones for our sins He's the only one that atones for our sins through his death on the cross. He's the only one that has died in our place. And here we also see that he alone will judge the world. So he alone atones for sins. He alone will judge the world at the end of the age. Verse 4 says, for the day of vengeance is in my heart. This is Jesus speaking. The day of vengeance is in my heart. And the year of my redeemed has come and notice here it's both the day of vengeance against the wicked and it's the year you know the year of jubilee for the redeemed it's describing one event it's the day of judgment for the wicked it's the day of salvation for God's people on the earth i looked but there was no one to help and i wondered yeah you know, this is jesus speaking And I wondered that there was no one to uphold. You know, again, this is looking ahead to the tribulation period. It's looking ahead to the persecution of Israel and the Jewish people. And the Lord Jesus speaking here says, I I wondered. I looked, but there was no one to help. And I, I wondered. The word wondered here, it means to be stunned or to be appalled. And what what will stun Jesus? Doesn't seem like it'd be easy to stun Jesus. Right? You know, in the New Testament, there's only two times that we see Jesus marvel. Right? He marvels at the faith of the centurion who said, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak a word. You're a man under authority. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. He marveled at his great faith being a Roman centurion. And then we see him again marvel. At the lack of faith among the Jewish people. It's the only time you see Jesus marvel. Here we see Jesus wonder. We see Jesus stunned. What has stunned Jesus during the tribulation? We'll look at the verse again. He's stunned that there will be no one to help. No one will intervene on behalf of God's people during the tribulation. No one will stand up for them. No one will help them. They'll be on on their own, so to speak, alone. Facing the world. He's stunned by that. I looked, but there was no one to help. And I wondered. There was no one to uphold. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation for me. My own fury, it sustained me. Because no one in the world will be willing to stand up for the Jewish people during the tribulation period. Here the Lord says, I stepped in. My own arm brought salvation. My own fury, it sustained me
2: me how I know and I say brings truer than the finest crystal
0: That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of His life and ministry, from His virgin birth to His sacrificial death, to His resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. Please, take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life, and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth. I see
2: the signs and the recognize